What is the Camilla? You got to, you got to. It's a female. Oh, this uh, is going to start a whole other Female shape stock? Shape, quote unquote, yes, stock. Really? But it encourages, the way that it is designed encourages that recoil and it pops up. The muzzle so rise. The muzzle rise. So you're not able to come back quickly on your target. To be honest with you, so we, we talked about like size of hands being a female feature, things like that. Mostly every body part that we've talked about that interacts with a stock has nothing to do with gender. No. So why would you create a female stock so in the first I, so, place? Woo. Go ahead, and then I'm going to tell you from the actual market because I have so to deal with this. I can't talk about it as technical as you guys can. I can just talk about it in layman's terms. Um, but when you guys were designing this, that's what I was actually just sitting here thinking. You were talking about men and women, um, size of hands, things like that. And my main thing was the recoil from the Camilla and then coming off the target and coming back because I'm working really hard on calling my own shots. Mm -hmm. I can't do it with that because it just comes up so much that I have no idea. Like talk about elk hunting and there's a herd of them. I had no idea where it would go. Does it have a sloped bag rider? Is it dropping on you? You know the Mesa? Yeah. Imagine a more wicked drop off to the actual butt. Yeah. So the, so here's, so. Go ahead. But Finish they, they advertise it for women because it's like smaller. But I was just talking to you earlier, Form, about length of pull and then the trigger length, how mm -hmm. we were talking. I was like, I think I'm getting that backwards. I'm more uncomfortable with how far the trigger is than mm -hmm. the actual how the stock fits me. Now, I'm 5'8", oh. so I'm not tiny. Oh. Um, but when you guys were making this, I was sitting here thinking about it. Like, this is going to be perfect for women, new shooters. Uh, because it's going to come right back into your shoulder and stay there. So you're not like searching for your you keep, target. Muzzle rise. Muzzle rise. Is what sorry. you keep saying. No, 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 it's good. Flat <laughs> muzzle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Shoot to Hunt Podcast. Sanctioned by the Shoot to Hunt team based out of Post Balls, Idaho. Too much. Crickets. Rabbit. Not my favorite. Rabbit. <laughs> <It's time. laughs> That's fucking Luke's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's supposed to be garden gnome, not yard gnome. Garden gnome. He's 24. He doesn't know. Garden gnome. No. <clears throat> well, we have uh, a special guest today. Um, if you're a Rock Slide member, you know her. She did the rewarming drill review. There's supposed to be two parts to that review. She left us hanging like 2.5 years ago <gasps> with the first half. It's a little busy. She hasn't, she has, okay, she went to school to be a doctor, if that's some bullshit excuse, I guess. But, bikini to boots, we have you here today. 
Oh, is Bikini to Boots your rock slide handle? Yes. Nope. Bikini to Boots and her Instagram handle. Really? What does that mean? What, what is it coming from? Bikini to Boots. I'm from the beach originally. Okay. And then I moved out. Oh, um, I'm from the beach originally. Uh-huh. And then I moved out to the mountains. So I nice. figured it, it's fitting. Nice. Mm -hmm. It does fit well. We also have somebody named Forum. I've never really heard of him, but we have Forum here today. Long-winded. Nobody wants to hear what he has to say. <laughs> Bullshit. But if we're all together, there's good shit happening. Okay. So I don't want the monkeys to be flinging shit at me, is what I've been told on Rockslide <laughs> yesterday, because we've been preaching about this rock stock for, what, three months now, two and a half months, something like yep. that. So now it's actually, it's 90, what do you guys say, 99% there? Know. Our part is done. I know, but then they got to do their part. So our molding part, which I got to be impressed when Jake said, man, we'll just get some Bondo and throw that shit on there like an old fucking beater. We'll just throw it in. Well, it went way better than I thought it would. No trust, no faith. So can we talk about where it got printed and all that? Or? The, the next time I say some shit's going to go smooth like that, are you going to believe more in me or is this going to be a long it's, process? It's 50-50. 50-50. Well, it is 50. Have I let you down before? Yeah. Really? Yep. Tell me. You're shooting at the Night Force Challenge. <laughs> Fuck, man, I carried you the entire fucking competition. It's not I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Just fucking kidding. No, actually, I'm sorry. We're shooting fucking, we're not shooting team next year now. <laughs> shooting individuals. Oh, yeah. I already decided that Mason's your new teammate for next year. Well, I'd be better off. Yeah. I'm going to man the, I'm going to man a, a stage. No, you are shooting. Hey, <clears throat> we got to win it before you can give it up. You guys got to yeah. shoot it with the, with this. With the rock stock. Well, that would be nice. A heavy fill rock stock. What? Do they have hey, that there? When I, so when I sent you guys this this list this morning, I thought more because I'm the I'm the amateur when it comes to stock design, shootability, sure. that kind of thing. <laughs> Definitely, no. I I really you guys have shot more stocks than than most people I know. So it was more like I was gonna I was gonna interview you guys about all the things that are stock related, and then and then try and end with why you did this. I mean, I did all the bondo work and mm -hmm. shit, but I don't. I think you two were the the influences for the and, the and to overall be honest, design. Form knows much more about what he wanted and there, there's some things i definitely wanted but the one thing that keeps getting missed and kenny boots can actually jump in on here it's i have little hands make fun of me all you want it's that's not what you is. call them when nobody's around uh, well i was gonna be there's a woman here so you know we got to be nice well, since when does that matter i know <laughs> <laughs> i got little dick beaters there you go so every stock <laughs> If I don't, that's actually why I kind of always went back to chassis is because they were closer. They were easier. They're inch and what? What's the Bravo? It's an inch and three quarters. The Bravo is 1.75. Yeah. Well, inch and three quarters. So that's why I went back. So this stock, you know, it's easy for a big guy to get on a, you know, a short, you know, didn't have to choke up short length pull. Not easy short length pull, but short trigger to shoot. It's hard for me, hard for people with short hands to choke up on the vertical grip or the, the swept grip. So. That was the thing I wanted to hit the most. And I'll still go back to the, the beginning. The reason this stock, and they, they're not agreeing with me on this, but it is true. It's ugly. That's <laughs> it's why it hasn't ugly. been done. But it's I will take functional every time over not as good looking. I think it's functional beauty. Except in women. <laughs> they got to be good looking. I don't give a fuck if they're functional. <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> Anyways, that's my 10 cents on what, why. The biggest part I wanted is it has to have a short trigger reach. Short trigger reach. The first time I noticed the trigger reach thing is when Ryan held up a Macmillan stock next to a Manners. Yeah. And and it didn't matter which Manners or which Macmillan, they all basically did the same thing. One is much shorter than the other. I mean, nearly 
like three quarters of an inch, yep. maybe difference between the two, half an inch at least. Mm-hmm. And that's literally why we were doing this today when I was grabbing it. It wasn't feeling quite right because I am so used to, I don't know how to describe what you're doing, but I'm like using my fingers to create space, yep. kind of choking up to get my finger closer. Do you do that also? Yeah. So it's not natural so to get on that. You're curling the tips of your fingers on the front part of the grip that's directly behind the trigger mm-hmm. to create an artificial gap that moves your whole hand forward to get your trigger finger in line correctly. Right. Is that what you're doing? Yep. Okay. Which what probably it, moves that, it moves this swell moves out the, of position. The meaty palm, Yeah. the meaty part of your palm under the base of your thumb, the swell part, um, it moves that completely out of position, puts mm-hmm. it in a really crappy spot on the stock. Mm-hmm. And we have gotten the rock stock to where when I slam it in there, it is like perfection. So exciting. <laughs> Slam. <laughs> you actually, you're so good at it that you do it you, unwillingly. You didn't even know it. Yep. yep I just. That's what she said. <laughs> well, right. so, we, so, so we spent the better part of four hours today, uh, bondoing, sanding, having Form and Ryan critique it a bit while I did all the fucking work. I was going to say, let's yeah. be honest. Hey, man, I, I yeah. made that, that the you, little, the neck part of the grip is perfect. The palm swell good. is pretty it good. It was man. like an 80-20 to, to Jake and Form <laughs> to my zero. I was just grabbing it and saying, yep, nope, this ain't right. <laughs> At least I know now how the next stock is going to go. I'll be, I'll be ready to go for that one. Well, Jake, like you said, when you, I'm just going to throw some Bondo on and I'm like, mm. I didn't so, so we had a stock, we had a stock that you guys said was the closest to what you wanted. Mm-hmm. We sent that stock. Well, we found one because it didn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. We sent it to MK machining to be scanned and printed. Uh, Tyler did a great job on that, got it back to us. And then we, uh, we took it from there. Yeah. I guess the other question we've got to ask, people have been asking is what did we actually decide on the scalloped or non-scalloped? Cause I've only had that PM 75 times. Well, the one in front yes. of us is scalloped. Do you guys, do you guys want to go through the list? Or do you we want can, to... we can, yeah, we can try to line it out. Is that what you want? No, I'm just saying, cause we could, we'll end up talking gonna, an hour and I'm a half. Gonna, and I'm going to really interview you two. Yeah. I'm also going to set a limit time on the answers for form. <laughs> and, uh, we're going to try to get <laughs> through this fucking <laughs> podcast here. Form have a shot we're going to get the most information out of them as possible. I actually have, I have a fucking timer. Jesus couldn't kill me. We should <laughs> give it. The ain't going to bother me. He took the will. We should give it to, uh, <laughs> let's see, stopwatch. Here we go. And start. Oh, it's fucking. Oh, it's gonna oh, be good. Form on okay, the clock. we're gonna limit. We're gonna ding, 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 ding. <laughs> seventy-five seconds or minutes? no? No, no, no. I just I started and stopped it. That was seventy-five. Okay. So to talk about uh, stocks in general, I know there's such a wide price range, a wide variety of features and things like that. So when I saw you form shooting ten different rifles for the cold bore, hot bore test. You had something to say about each and every stock, and it really surprised me. Even you know, like the Manners LRH that mm-hmm. that the six five Psalm was on. You know, you had basically something to say about everything. So, I think as the listener, I would want to know first of all what shootability means, and then all the different things that change shootability. Uh, if a if a person's body build changes what stock they should be shooting, all that kind of stuff. So we're just I got a list of questions here, and we're gonna okay. some will be for Ryan, but. Mostly for form. That is totally fine with me. So first of all, shootability, what does it mean? So the, um, unless you have a physical deformity or an actual injury that is legitimately horrific, 
no, the difference between you and the next person is minor or not at, not at all. So in other words, not every person has to have some unique special snowflake design of a stock. It's not, the guns are the same. Would length of pull be included in that? Yeah, but it, but the, the operating window is far bigger than people think it is. Okay. Right? So shootability means that, and it depends on the task you're asking of it, right? Since shoot to hunt, it's Western multi-position stock, right? Multi-position shooting. So bipod, no bipod, sitting, standing, kneeling, leaning over a cliff, rocks, whatever. Shootability is... The gun stock design, if we're talking about a stock design, is not fighting me. In other words, I don't have to muscle the gun to make it do what I need it to do. That means it's helping me stay on target, get on target, and stay on target. And that's pre-shot, during the shot, and after the shot. So designs matter. The issue you come into is why isn't that done is because we're still dealing with legacy and tradition. Stocks looked the way they did for hundreds of years because we shot iron sights that were a quarter inch off the top of a barrel. Then we added scopes and we didn't change anything. So it goes back to that whole three and a half inch screw spacing. Oh, I was just fucking around. No, 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 no. <laughs> you over to live it. You got to time this motherfucker. Okay, so we're, we're here be... until midnight. Oh, I got a lot of questions. Here, <laughs> He's got a lot of to... questions. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, Mason's got it. All right. Yeah. So we're just, we're dealing stock design. Stocks are still designed as a legacy. So like, right. uh, so, so the Atlas or not the Atlas, the, uh, the bipod, the, the front swivel stud spacing three and a mm -hmm. half inch that was due to the, the Harris, old Harris bipod, bipod yep. and the wide foot that it had on there. And, and yep. today it's, it's just crazy because the Harris bipod has been around for any number of decades and mm -hmm. they still do the same spacing on those stupid studs. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so, so you're talking about legacy. Yeah. We're just, there's a, so shootability, if you look at stock design, right. And so. If you look at a biathlon rifle, so there are, yes, biathletes, you know, so that's skiing and shooting, um, and they shoot from standing and, and prone. So, no, they're not, they're missing the kneeling and the off or the kneeling and the sitting and all that, but they're still shooting from two wildly different positions, the, the two disp most disparate positions you can, right? Well, they don't adjust their stocks from when they go from standing to prone. But the stocks look and behave in a certain way. They all have certain characteristics. They're just shooting straight pull 22s, yet they have the characteristics we're going to talk about. They all have them because it helps you shoot better. It, even in a 22 at 50 meters, it helps you shoot better. And if you look at them, you have biathletes from five foot two girls to six foot six dudes. And yet they could probably grab every, every one of them could probably grab every other stock and shoot it. Right. Yes, the length of pull is different. It's not that different. Right. So there's just there's this this new thing. And I don't want to say new, but there's this new of everybody's different and we need full adjustability and everything. And, you know, we should have the stock and we'll talk about length of pulls to be super short and all this. And there's some truth to that. And there's some nonsense to that as well. Right. And we'll even get to when we get to comb height, the adjustable comb thing with Aaron Davidson, where what he said was technically correct. Just took it out of context. It sounded really messed up. I got something that I tried on shootability because I do have small hands. I have a short length, you know, my arms are not long. Mm -hmm. So I noticed on a 13 and a half inch length to pull with like a swept classic style yep. grip that I thought I was fighting it. Mm -hmm. like when I grabbed it, shot it in the, especially in the prone, yep. I thought I was fighting it. So I put a vertical grip stock, I actually put EH1 against a classic stock, kind of like the original, like a Tika has yeah. when it comes. The group was no different. 
Yes. So in my mind, I'm fighting it. Mm -hmm. So I, but I wasn't. It was yeah. the same size group with either stock. Correct. So it's kind of interesting. Well, I guess we could just jump into the features then. Okay. Let's go with. Uh, this is the features for the rock stock. Well, kind of all stocks. Yeah, more, we more, more talking in about. General? <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're we're in a generalized stock discussion, <laughs> and then the very the very last one is the rock stock and why oh, it rocks. I'm just making you, sure do, we're do, talking do, about the same thing. Yeah, you didn't yeah. see that at the bottom. The rock stock well, and why it rocks. I can't read. Yeah. So to to kind of go over every feature of stock and really how it applies to the Western hunter, the positional hunter we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So to start off, bag rider. Bag rider would be the lower portion of the butt stock, the part that touches a rear bag if you use one or yeah, a Beano I, pack or so, whatever you have it so to be we, up off so of. So let's get like from front to back, just get some terminology so everybody's yep. going right. Yeah, we'll so go. from, we'll go. from the front of the stock, you got the forend, the forend tip. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you have the bottom of the forend. That's where you grab or rest the rifle. It comes all the way back to the action. You got the trigger. You get the grip. Right, so the grip, whether it's swept like an old shotgun or, or classic hunting rifle, vertical. And when we say vertical, we're not talking AR grip. We're talking about the angle of the grip is more closer to 90 degrees than it is. But not always 90. But not it's always not, 90. Yeah. It's just not swept. So there's a huge range of where Is that stock there a vertical grip? Yeah, that would be a vertical grip, but okay. that's not a true 90 grip. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then following the bottom side of the stock, you go past the grip and the underside, the toe of the butt stock, which is where your bag rider is, mm -hmm. where it rides the bag. Then you got the butt pad, and now we're kind of circling around to the back of the stock. You got the butt pad, the recoil pad. Then you get to the comb, so you got the butt pad height in relation to bore. So the, 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 the top of the recoil pad, when the muzzle, when the barrel is parallel to the earth, the height of the recoil pad, mm -hmm. right, in relation to that bore. So that's called drop it heel. I'm getting, I might get my terminology mixed up, but that's called drop it heel. Um, and then you have your comb height that gives you your cheek piece so you can see through the scope. Then you got kind of the nose, the front of the, of the cheek piece, the front of the, the cheek piece where your grip goes, the nose of that, and then into the top of the grip and onto the top of the stock. Primarily the issues we're dealing with in order of importance is the drop it heel. So how much how much that recoil pad is above or below bore line? This is negative comb. This is negative. It's a part of negative comb. So you can have a negative. So a negative comb means when you're shooting a rifle from the closest part of the comb to the to the action to the far the closest part to the butt pad. So from forward to back on the comb piece, it well, that, raises that as be, it goes back. That can be negative but not be above bore center. That's line, correct. Which is where the confusion happens. That's correct. Okay. So what you need is I call it a um a negative drop it heel, but it's actually like a positive drop it heel, I guess is what the correct term. So what we want is the butt pad higher, the top of the butt pad higher than the center of the bore. Mm -hmm. And you want a straight line, relatively speaking, from the top of that Recoil pad down to the nose, to the action. You want that to be as high as possible. And that so, is a positive heel? I think that's heel. the correct way to do it. It's a positive drop. It's a positive heel. But mm. it just, you want the recoil pad in line or higher than the, the muzzle, than the bore. And then you want it sloping And then you down want it sloping the down towards the action. The negative part comes from the sloping, the comb goes That's correct. The well, them yep. calling it fucking negative, that's why the, the, the podcast that we were talked about before. They said negative comb, but that just meant they were referring to a stock having a negative comb decades ago. Yes, which also really, had the recoil pad way low. Yeah, but the yeah the the top of the recoil pad was yep. not 
above bore center line, making it what people now call negative comb. So calling it a negative comb in today's terminology is not correct. No, it's not. Technically, it's not correct. It's not what people are advertising. Yeah. Like that name does not represent what somebody's advertising for their stock. Correct. So we're going to have to figure out a way to word that properly. Yeah. Then. Well, because it's Gunworks kept tokening that. That negative comb where it came that comes from, from Gunworks. And it, and it is. They just... So the negative comb thing did not... Like, all credit has to be given for bringing where everybody knew this stuff needed to exist to hunting rifles. It, it was, in fact, Gunworks. Okay, so back in 99, 2000, I'm trying to take target rifles and make them work for hunting for this same reason, because ARs, the AR-15 platform, it's a straight line recoil. The recoil pad is directly in line with the barrel. That is why the AR-15 is the most shootable semi-auto on the planet, right? It beats everything else. It's one of the major reasons it is. Well, I want that in my bolt gun. The only place you could get it is target stocks. So positional stocks we could do, biathlon rifles you could do it, um, my 2x4 stock you could do it, which I didn't know it existed at the time, right? So what Gunworks did, and I'm just, from my view of seeing it from the outside, is there we can make a better stock and they incorporated some of those features, right? Now, it's a good stock. It is a good stock. It isn't as... I don't want to say it like this. It's not as optimum as it could be for recoil control and some other stuff. You might say it's not as aggressive as it could be. Now, that could be because that's what they wanted. It could be because they wanted to maintain a certain look. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. When we get to the to to what the rock stock is supposed to be, one thing has become evidently clear to everybody that shoots that 2x4 rifle. It doesn't move during recoil. It recoils straight to the rear. But I'm talking like during recoil, even when it was a 308 without a muzzle brake and shooting 185 grain juggernauts at 2,900 feet per second, a lot of recoil, it moves in elevation like your reticle would raise about 0.2 mils during recoil, 0.2 mils. So you're aiming at an inch and a half dot that the, this crosshair wouldn't even come out of the dot during recoil. So since for 13, 14 years, I've been trying to get a hunting stock to do what that stock does. Now, the reason that stock works is because the Scandinavians and the, some others shoot rapid fire standing and prone with 6.5 by 55s and 308s. So recoil control matters, and, the, and they, they shoot bolt guns fast. And they're shooting very small targets, to like 300 meters with iron sights, really quick. So up, until, up to today, what was your preferred stock for a hunting rifle? Removing the 2x4 gun? Yes. The two, so the two by four gun it, it would is be a publicly use. available stock that other people could purchase. Um, for Atika, there really wasn't anything. Nothing that I would spend nine hundred bucks on. Nothing good. Well, there was good stocks, but like, say we take a Manners EH one. It's a good stock. It's a good. It's a great quality stock, etc. It didn't do enough better than a factory stock in the shootability part. Like people that are like, oh, it made my gun more accurate. You got a problem. Mm-hmm. That's just not. You have a problem if, if it made your gun more accurate or more precise. That means you had something wrong with the gun or you're just you're trying to justify your $1,000 stock because mm-hmm. there's nothing about the stock that works that makes mm-hmm. it more accurate unless you have loose fit in the action. Mm-hmm. That goes back to when I did that switch yeah. of stocks. Didn't change any of the action. 100% people will say that it feels better to them. It did. It did so, we, so right off the bat, as we get into the rock stock, what we think feels better does not necessarily translate into what shoots better for us. Just like with pistols, very often, feelings lie. That's the big thing. 
So like some of the designs we, some of the decisions we made are not like what I think feels the best, but I know through empirical evidence from doing it with enough people and enough shooters, it's what results in the best shooting, right? So if you say Remington-based guns, the gun works stock. The gun works, actually the Gen 1 Magnus was probably the best stock they've ever made. Um, but the climber's good, the new Magnus is good. They're good stocks. There's some issues I don't like, but they did it. Uh, McMillan A3s were pretty good if you put a cheek piece and raise the butt pad on them. But they, the problem is trigger reach is terrible, mm -hmm. right? Real long trigger reach. Three was a military stock. For it was original one, yep, yep, yep. But so basically all the stocks that were good were were expensive, heavy, and large. Mm. There wasn't like a really good felt sporter stock that had the designs like the quote-unquote tactical stock. So for the Tika, it was either factory stock or a KRG Bravo, right? That was the two stocks that were really... The, the KRG Bravo was the best option available. Then, the stockies, VG stock. And, um, you know, I had seen him, shot him a little bit, but it wasn't until Ryan handed me the one a few months ago and was like, hey, shoot it. And I, right off the bat, I'm like, the trigger reach is terrible. But the rest of the stock's pretty close. And, um, yeah, it, it for the price of the stock compared to the performance you got compared to factory, I think that was the first lightweight stock from anyone for a Tika that made sense. It seemed to be that trigger reach is a, an ongoing issue with a lot of stocks then. It is, and I think it comes from old swept grips. It didn't matter because you could move your hand up, forward, and back a lot, mm. and they just kind of maintained that same geometry when they made the grip vertical. Mm. And there's also this idea that, you know, we need just the tip of our finger touching the trigger and all this nonsense that really doesn't have anything to do with it. And it is a problem. Trigger reach is a problem with all these stocks. So palm swell and thumb rest, what are we looking for? In general, you want, that th you want the grip to be vertical or very close. Um, a slight palm swell and your thumb rest, it, nothing. So you need to be able to take your thumb and have no, if you hold your hand out with your, like you're giving a thumbs up in front of you, you want to be able to move your thumb kind of left and right with no, uh, impediment or no tension that gets put onto the stock. Well, you generally want your thumb directly in line with the in, tang of the In back line of the with action. the tang. Yeah. And you don't want anything sideways putting pressure into the base of the thumb. The one thing I noticed right away with the rock stock, how concerned you guys were with the way the rifle basically grabs or holds your hand. Yes. And sliding your hand into it seemed to be the most critical part you guys were designing. So, Well, and with that, it's not like we're taking Bondo and making it fit our hand. Mm. It doesn't feel like that. It's we're relieving the areas in the stock that can cause pressure. Mm -hmm. So like one of the things was if you if you think about your grab, you know, you're, you're holding like a rifle in your hand with your right hand, your trigger hand or your left hand, and you got it there, the base of your thumb, the meaty part of your thumb, so most stocks have like a swell at that part. So I have tension now when I press, if I squeeze or I do anything, um, I yank the trigger, that part of my thumb flexes and it rolls the stock. If I'm right-handed, it rolls it counterclockwise. Mm -hmm. So you relieve that part of the stock. So there's no contact, there's no pressure left and right in there. It doesn't always feel the best because it can kind of feel like the base of your thumb is floating a little bit. But what it does is relieve enough pressure that if you do snatch it, it puts less of that movement back into the gun. And there is a huge scallop on the rock stock. I mean, it's almost to where it comes up to a knife's edge. 
It's pretty close. And the knife's edge is lower than most. I mean, just looking at this stock compared to this one, this one is rounded up the top so you can see where that part of your thumb pushes into the stock mm -hmm. where it shouldn't. Yep. So basically, maybe like you said, for looks, manufacturers really haven't went down the road of shootability in that area just because it doesn't look the same as the rest of the stocks I, do. I think they try. Yeah. I just think they miss. And then me and I think some women, they're so used to choking up, they f they're they used to that pressure mm -hmm. where he's talking about. Like we were talking about that today. But when you, he kept on dremeling and dremeling and I was trying to make it fit the left side because the left side felt better to me when I'd grab it in my left shoulder. But once it was right, it's like, boom, that's just where it fits. should be. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's going to fit for most people. Yeah. And you, so you mostly compare your hands to a woman's hands? That's true. Okay. God just a little, just a little sausager. We are talking before, more. God gifted me in other places. <laughs> okay. He does have a pointy nose. Yeah. Moving down the features here. So then, uh, how about, how about, <laughs> how about four end length, size and shape? So here's where you have to, so because Every, everything is the like, only other part I bonded was the damn four end on this other than so. the, the negative comb. Yep. So, um, the four end, everything is a compromise. There's no free lunch. There's very little free lunch. So you can get 80% of the way for any given position with no compromise. The last 15 to 20 ish percent for that position will cost you in another position. So, the way I think of it is most of the shots I take and most of the shots that we see people, and I want to I preface that because everybody has an opinion. So what I do, and Ryan's hunted with me, uh, Bikini's hunted with me a lot. Everybody that's hunted with me. I <laughs> hope so. Well, Did, we, has we, she hunted with you in a bikini? No. Oh. No. Uh, <laughs> Just asking. Um. If we write down the opportunities we get, how much time we had, what position, et cetera, right? So it, I, again, I try to make things more objective and data-driven than an opinion-based. So for everything but elk, almost a huge majority of our shots, about two-thirds of them come between 200-ish and 500, sitting or kneeling off a pack or a hiking sticks because of grass and you can't get prone. Now that's, that's mule deer and whitetails all across the West. Elk, the majority of them come prone. I think it's just because ridge to ridge. I'm not sure. But the majority of them do come prone. So when I'm looking at the stock, I need it to be more trending towards prone and off a rest while still not being compromised like in any real way from offhand running or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with the forend, you can make the, the forend really wide. So the first thing we want is parallel with the bore. So from the tip of the forearm to the action needs to be parallel with the center line of the board, parallel. Nearly parallel. Or nearly. I mean, a couple of degrees isn't going to hurt you. Right. So like, and you'll see to make it fit and work, if you make it truly parallel, you end up with a really fat, thick forearm, right? Which isn't, it kind of goes against the other side, which is if that's what we want, just buy a Macmillan A5 or a version like that or a KRG Bravo and go, right? What we're trying to do is take a true sporter stock. That's, that's what my thing was. I want to take a true sporter stock and make it have the features of the, the positional target stocks that shoot so well. Or take a positional target stock and sporterize it, if you will. So parallel forend on, on the other side, or nearly so, within we're probably within a couple of degrees. I mean, it's nothing. Yeah. 
Um, and then width. The wider it is, the more stable from a perfectly flat bag. But the less stable it is on any surface that isn't perfectly flat. So you shoot it off a backpack on the side of a hill and it's wide and flat. It wants to catch the edge and rotate and roll the gun to match the angle of the rest. Whereas a round four in is easier to keep it at a vertical, like the gun vertical, but it's not as going to be a steady because it can move left to right more. So there's a happy medium there, right? Mm -hmm. So we kind of played with the width of the four in. I want it to carry really well. Um, I want it to be slightly flat on the bottom to help when you're shooting off a good rest. And I, I don't want it to be so wide that it's uncomfortable to carry nor square. So we kind of played with different stocks and came out that basically the tip of the forehead needs to be about 1.7 inches wide. That feels really good in the hand. It, it makes the rifle sit on a bag or a backpack. And if you're putting a bipod on any of this, none of this applies. You can have a super skinny forehead. It doesn't matter. But if you're not using a backpack, it, it makes the, a good happy median of it's very comfortable to carry. It feels good when you're carrying it. It's rounded and not sharp, but it sits on rest really well, right? And especially if you can't, if you have to shoot off of rocks or logs or any kind of jacked up, the wider the forend, the harder that stuff is to do. The narrower the forend, the easier it is to do. So we're trying to pick a happy medium there. Should a shooter be measuring his length of pull and ordering a stock accordingly? And is there some min or max where maybe it applies to, but not the guys in the middle? Oof. So I want to give a, a, a data perspective. So the trend is much shorter length of pulls and a very squared up putting the butt stock on your collarbone shooting. That's the new PRS precision, right? So I can already see your face. Yeah, do that with an unbreak 300 Win Mag or 300 PRC, find out. Um, <laughs> again, all the stocks we're dealing with are either their conventional hunting stocks or their PRS design, even if they look like a hunting stock, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's not, it doesn't match what needs to happen. The reason shorter stocks work great for that type of shooting is you're shooting guns that are really heavy. They don't recoil. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude here, but just look at the percentage of shots. PRS is barricade or tripod bench rest. Of course, I want to be completely... 90 degrees to the recoil and put it in the center line of my body because I'm shooting off of a barricade or a tripod. It doesn't matter. The issue, guns that recoil, guns that have to shoot fast, guns that shoot off of crappy positions, like actual crappy positions, that's not so much. So what I can say from data, the longer the length of pull, and I know this goes against conventional wisdom, but you see it in the AR world, the three-gun world, the longer that butt stock is from the trigger until it's so long it's not usable for you, the better you shoot. Okay, because you're holding more gun, right? So it, it's not a perfect analogy, but let's say you got a five pound weight and I give you a broom and it's got a six inch handle on it and I need you to move that weight. Is that easier than if I give you a broom that's got a six foot long handle and you can spread your hands out? Which one is easier to move that weight on the ground? Six foot. Of course. So leverage. Well, that's what you get when you increase your length of pull. Okay, so, so the standard length of pull when you order a stock today is 13 and a half inches. So what you're saying is if you were 13 and a half inches or less, leave it be. If you happen to be able to hang on to a 14 inch length of pull, maybe you should upgrade or so, longer. So for how I shoot, so this is, 
for the vast majority of people, so if you're not, if you're five, six, five, seven or above, you can shoot a 13 and a half inch just fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when we get in it, because the other thing that comes in, getting in a proper body position when you shoot, so straight and neutral behind the gun, say from the prone, is easier when the stock is shorter. The body position. But the angle of your wrist and arm, so take your, I want like a good neutral grip, right? And mm-hmm. I put it out here. It's much easier than if I bring it all the way back and make my hand touch my chest. Yeah, you're cranking on your wrist. you crank on your wrist. So that's what a length of pull gives you is less cranking on the wrist, but it makes it harder for you. It more, it feels worse i don't mm-hmm. mean it's unco- i don't mean it's painful i just mean it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. the longer the length the pull is in the prone so you have to get used to that yeah so if you're the a normal size person a 13 and a half inches just fine if most you're, people most people associate length of pull with where your it's chris with where your trigger finger ends up whereas hearing everything you're talking about that more has to do with the stock design from your palm swell to your trigger position. But what I'm saying is most people say, oh, I'm a longer arm. I need a longer length of pull so that the trigger's in the right spot. But in reality, you're just moving your arm. That doesn't change yes. the distance to the trigger oh, yeah. so from the, the palm swell. Grip grip to trigger reach yeah. is far every, more important. Almost everybody could be the exact same. I mean, you'd have to be like... So the most shootable gun, that, that plywood master sporter, it's got a 1.5-inch trigger reach. Mm. From almost seven foot tall to under five foot tall, everyone that has shot that gun says, "Can I have that? Tr- can I have this on everything?" Trigger reach should be short for everybody, almost mm-hmm. everyone. The length of pull is from the basically the back of the grip, mm-hmm. so the back of your palm to your shoulder. So it's not nearly as critical as people make it. If you're yeah. small, like you're a child, and if it is critical, just like just like with trigger reach, it's much easier for taller people to shoot smaller guns than it is for smaller people to shoot larger guns. So, in other words, if you're a huge dude, you don't have a problem with a 13 and a half inch length of pull. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, my that that same thing, that master sporter, I think the length of pull is almost 15 inches. So people freak out about that, mm-hmm. and yet we have little bitty girls that shoot that, little kids that shoot that, and they love it. So mm-hmm. it's you got to deal. There's 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 some. There's some details that people don't want to talk about when it comes to that, or they don't understand what they're they're really saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I think that length of pull is mostly associated with me needing to get in the right yeah. trigger position, but it has nothing to do with the trigger it position. It has very little to do with it. You should more be thinking about your what the, the, the base of the palm. Yeah, the base What's of your the, palm, how that it called? fits into the <laughs> Come on, you can't you can't it's do it. Big... You're the expert here. Yeah. Oh the oh the 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 person that is the expert of the human body now doesn't yeah. know what the base of the palm is called. Um, base of the palm <laughs> she says that real in sick. the prone i don't notice but be the devil's advocate but i do notice from a 13 and a quarter or a 13 and a half to 13 and a quarter when i get all my shit on for winter hunting in the cold mm-hmm. and i want to shoot offhand or i want to shoot mm-hmm. i fucking notice it well mm-hmm. so you're so you are your arm length chest depth everything and you know this will sound funny but you're much closer to like a 11 year old child yeah, legitimately like in a body baby, build, like a baby T Rex. Well, baby. Short arms, big chest. Like I, everything's big. Yeah, yeah. yeah like it's thick. Everything's so. big. <laughs> I've seen it. Never, I've seen it. Never let it go. No, I well, I won't. <laughs> uh, Anyways, but yeah. So for you, like I'm looking at you. Yeah, a 12 to 12 and a half inch length of pull would be great for you. 
because you are much smaller. I mean, in that. But him and I, like, I shoot a long length of pool. Yeah. So here's another interesting thing. This is just everybody. Franz Albrecht, I think is his name. He's in the Aimpoint um, driven boar hunting videos. So he's the, like, he's shooting these when they drive the boars in Europe. Mm -hmm. And he's just smoking these running boars, like, through these narrow openings with a bolt gun. It's some of the, the most impressive shooting you will watch. So he's like a normal height person. He shoots like a 14 and a half inch length of pool and he tells you why he does it for the exact same reasons. But if anybody hasn't seen that, you should Google that because that is wild. Um, but for the, it's the same thing. So everything I've seen from different worlds and including precision, people shoot a, not too long for them, but let's say that you have a window, right? So you have a two inch window of length of pool that works. They shoot the longer, the better. Right. So like, okay. I think if you need a short, a shorter one than 13 and a half, you probably need to go short, like 12, 12 and a half and just go. How would somebody measure that though? Like they just got to go actually, I notice it cause I shoot a lot. So I notice when I'm in the prone, I don't fuck So, so the shotgun you... standard answer is grab the, grab the gun, right? So you're holding it where the butt stock is in the, in, in line with your forearm and the butt, the recoil pads in the crook of your arm. And you basically measure from your trigger finger to the crook of your elbow inside. Sure, you can do that. I mean, it seems to be, well, there you go. So it's close. When I, it's close. When I do it, this is a 13 and a half inch length of pull and it's an inch short for me. So maybe I just have long arms. I don't know. Among others. She's got an answer for our. Oh yeah, taking it back three minutes ago. Okay. Thenar Eminence. Thenar Eminence. Yes. That was my guess. Wow. That was my guess. I was guess. close. Being <laughs> our eminence. I wasn't expected to be tested. <laughs> that sounds sound like a king's name or something. Apparently. The Themars. I don't uh, I don't know if we discussed why you want to parallel forehand and bag rider. So I think from the forehand now? Yeah. Let's talk about recoil so, tracking. Yeah, so parallel forehand. If the parallel if the forehand is sloped, so it it is thicker in the back than it is in the front, right? So when you look at it from the side, it looks like it slopes up. As soon as you muscle. start talking about this, because we're going to talk about the bag with the bag right yep. with the same right, the same slope. Every Mono, Monte Carlo stock that everybody has known for the longest time with a big swell on the side of it, yeah. it has just the most dramatic angles in those two positions. Yes. What's the Weatherby one that everybody seems to love for females? Just kicks Camilla. the shit out of them. Camilla. Holy shit! That is that we is had the go wrong ahead. conversations about. What that. do you think? <laughs> as being a woman, what do you think about that Camilla? Yeah, not my favorite. What is the Camilla? You gotta you gotta. It's a female. Oh, that's uh, going to start a whole other female shape stock. Shape, quote unquote, yes, stock. Really, but it encourages the way that it is designed encourages that recoil and it pops up the muzzle so rise. You, the muzzle rise, so you're not able to come back quickly on your target. To be honest with you, so we we talked about like size of hands being a female feature, things like that. Mostly every body part that we've talked about that interacts with a stock has nothing to do with gender. No. So why would you create a female stock so in the I, first place? So, woo, go ahead, and then I'm going to tell you from the actual market because I have so to deal with this. I can't talk about it as technical as you guys can. I can just talk about it in layman's terms. Um, but when you guys were designing this, that's what I was actually just sitting here thinking. You were talking about men and women, um, size of hands, things like that. 
And my main thing was the recoil from the Camilla and then coming off the target and coming back because I'm working really hard on calling my own shots. Mm -hmm. I can't do it with that because it just comes up so much that I have no idea. Like talk about elk hunting and there's a herd of them. I had no idea where it would go. Does it have a sloped bag rider? Is it dropping on you? You know the Mesa? Yeah. Imagine a more wicked drop off to the actual butt. Yeah. So the, so here's, so. Go ahead. But Finish they, they advertise it for women because it's like smaller. But I was just talking to you earlier, Form, about length of pull and then the trigger length, how mm-hmm. we were talking. I was like, I think I'm getting that backwards. I'm more uncomfortable with how far the trigger is than mm-hmm. the actual how the stock fits me. Now, I'm 5'8", oh. so I'm not tiny. Oh. Um, but when you guys were making this, I was sitting here thinking about it. Like, this is going to be perfect for women, new shooters. Uh, because it's going to come right back into your shoulder and stay there. So you're not like searching for your you keep, target. Muzzle rise. Muzzle rise. Is what sorry. you keep saying. No, 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 it's good. Flat <laughs> muzzle. But yes. that's what you're describing with the forehand angle, the yeah. background angle about drop, beginning a, some type of drop on the back end when you pull so, the trigger gives you that. So the, the Camilla, because that keeps coming up. Okay. I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that's going to be controversial and people are going to get really upset. Perfect. Um, <laughs> in general... And I, I want you guys, and uh, you can correct me from what you've seen. Um, in general, women have not been put into uncomfortable physical positions, right? So they're not used to sports where it's like, I don't like this position. I don't care getting a three-point stance. Mm-hmm. In other words, they want to go, they want to grab something. In general, I'm not saying everybody, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying this is a, this is a thing. It's true. I'm dealing with it with my wife right, right now. So it's, they, they're like, I don't like it. I can't see through it. I don't, I don't like this and I don't like that. Okay. So Weatherby's answer to that, because women generally have sloping shoulders, longer necks relative because their chest isn't as big, their back isn't as big, etc. is to, when we look at that recoil pad, to drop it like th- two or three inches below bore line. Well, as soon as you do that, just think about the, the pendulum effect that happens well, with that. the opposite of what we're trying to do. 100%. It's horrific. Tra- oh. I mean, it is a terrible design. But what that does is that lets women just stand there, and I don't mean that rudely, it lets them just stand there and pull it up to their shoulder and their head's in the scope. And it feels good. Because yeah. I did work at a gun shop for a year, and I ran into that a lot. Women would just grab the gun and put it up to their shoulder, and like, this feels good. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you got to shoot it. How does yeah. it do then? <laughs> so the thing is, is like we want, we say we want, oh, it's the same nonsense when somebody's like, go to the gun store and grab a bunch of handguns and see which one feels better. Mm-hmm. That is bullshit. You don't know what you're doing, and feeling doesn't mean shooting, right? It feels good, it might shoot like shit, which is almost always the case, right? That is, feelings lie. So the problem is we're trying to do a functional thing with the gun, which is I need it to stay as flat as possible. That means the least amount of muzzle rise and come straight back. So I can shoot it, see the impact, follow the animal, reload, and shoot another one, right? So shoot it and repeat shots. Guess what? It isn't going to be as... You're going to have to learn how to come into the gun. Mm -hmm. It's not like a throw it up and it's there. That's not how that works. And it never will work that way because of... As long as we're shooting powder, primers, projectiles, the standard cartridge that we're doing, the design we're shooting, this is going to be an issue. You're not going to fix that. In In a bolt gun... Muzzle rise is not just built in due to the. I started thinking about this as you, we were talking about muzzle rise, right? If if recoil was straight back on everything, 
Like when you normally pull the trigger on a bolt gun, if every force was equal, the muzzle is not inherently going to rise on you. No. All of the, everything is coming out in a straight line. Yeah. Now a pistol rises because you have the action of the slide, right? The slide coming back, the slide reloading, mm-hmm. that action is what's causing your, your pistol nose to rise. Correct. But in a bolt rifle, we don't have anything. We don't have a slide with moving momentum back and forth. So the, so the natural path of a bolt rifle is to come straight back. So if you are having some type of rise, it's because of the stock. So it's the same thing in a pistol. Or how you're holding it. So the pistol does it because you're grabbing below the thing that's providing force, which is the barrel and the slide. So when you make a stock that has the recoil pad below center line, all you did was help it move against you. Mm -hmm. So if you take a rifle, throw it in space, and you fire the rifle, the rifle just goes straight to the rear, equal and opposite force. It doesn't rise left, right, up, or down. It just moves straight to the rear. The reason guns shoot up is because the the thing that's stopping the recoil us is below center bore centerline. Well, that was the perfect explanation for why we want a negative comb. That's, that's it. So what you get is when you have, if you look at the underside of the stock, so the toe of the butt stock, you got this really steep slope. Okay? So from the grip to the bottom of the recoil pad, it's a really steep slope. And then the forend is sloped in the same direction, right? They both slope up, if you will. So when when you're shooting resting and you shoot the gun and it recoils, everything about the front and rear wants the muzzle to rise even more. Mm-hmm. So it comes off a target. It slides down, right? Yep. So we want a parallel forend. So the forend comes straight back. A parallel toe line. So the underside of the butt, the butt part yep. is parallel with the bore. As close as possible. As close as possible. And then a recoil pad that's slightly above center line of yep. the bore. Because I want, when you, when, you, when you mount the gun in your shoulder, you don't have 100% contact from top to bottom of the recoil pad and left to right. There's pressure points in there. There always will be. We want the primary part of pressure into the recoil pad to be directly in line with the bore. Which means the top of the recoil pad really needs to be slightly higher than the bore. Mm. Slightly, somewhere around a half inch. Maybe a little bit more if you could do it. My next question for you was going to be, what telltale signs is the shooter experiencing to tell him that he's simply in the wrong stock? And you just basically explained that if you're getting a ton of muzzle rise when you're shooting your rifle, it could be poor position or it could be a really shitty stock. I got the answer. Okay. Right there. Rock stock. Come on. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. But, so but so if a guy if a guy gets behind any rifle he has at home today and he goes to the range and he's laying prone and he has this just ridiculous amount of muzzle rise, that is caused from a stock design for the most part. Yes, for the most part. If if you're straight neutral behind the gun, and even if you're not, it everything about a poor to stock design exaggerates the issue. So well, I was just reading a thing on Rock Slide where they're talking about putting grabbing the forend to hold there in recoil so it doesn't come off or putting your hand over the top of the scope. That's because of a shitty rifle design. That's why. That's where that comes from. If the rifle was designed correctly, that wouldn't happen. Because it's possible to design a stock where when it recoils, the muzzle goes down. Mm-hmm. If you put the recoil pad position so high that the barrel is well below the, the stabilizing point, the top mm-hmm. of that pad, it'll go, go down, down when yep. it recoils. So you're trying to find the right balance. So we're talking about a half inch to one inch uh, above bore center line for the top of the recoil pad. Seems so to there's be the optimal. Well, so that's the compromise, right? So if you didn't have to worry about cheek piece height and scope height, you could go a little higher. Mm-hmm. So I would actually, if you look at a pad, say a pad six inches from top to bottom, the recoil pad, 
I'd put the center line of the barrel at about three and a half, four inches from the bottom. Mm-hmm. So half to almost two thirds of the way up. The issue then is you now need an adjustable cheek piece. Yeah. Your cheek piece has to be very tall to make it that high. Now we have to raise the scope off the rifle. So, and that's another you know, thing du jour right now is like high mounted scopes to keep your head in an upright position and whole nother subject does not show to be the case from field positions. Yes, from PRS barricades, 20 pound guns, etc. It works great. Really crappy positions, really steep angles. Things like the picture right there, mm-hmm. not good. Mm-hmm. Right? So we still, and, and then the higher we get the optic off the barrel, the more leverage it has when it takes a knock. So now we're, we're increasing the chance we have a loss of zero. The lower we can get that rifle onto the barrel, or the scope onto the barrel, the better. That goes into what, taken out of context, what Aaron Davidson, I think, was getting at. Yeah, so I think the thing, so what, I'm not going to try to speak for him, but this right. caused so many people to, I don't know, whatever. Here's the issue. When people want a really hard cheek piece, like a really hard cheek weld, so they smash their face into the stock. Think about I've I've rested the rifle, I'm not touching it, and I smash my face into the back of the stock. What happens? Shoot high. The, it, if I'm right-handed, I just push the rear of the stock down into the right, which pushes the muzzle up into the left. That's what happens when you get a really hard cheek weld, right? It's not that you don't want any cheek weld or a chin weld. It's that people want this smashed in. They adjust the cheek piece to the point where they're smashing their cheek onto it hard. You just induce torque into the gun. Can you shoot it well like that? Absolutely. You like could. You could a front like front heavy rifle too, like a front heavy. You could have barrel. that. You can. You can put torque with but your what, grip hand to counteract that. What happens in in bad shooting situations, which you do get into, yeah. shit like this, deep stuff, yeah. is you end up shooting high. You shoot high. So we keep saying. I mean, you said this on the last time we really talked about this. Everything about a stock, how they're designed now. Everything about the rifle, the way we shoot them, and how they're designed makes us want to shoot high. It makes that muzzle want to rise, and it makes the bullet want to go high. What other telltale signs are there for a guy getting behind his rifle that that he's in the wrong stock, he's in the wrong rifle? Some things while they're shooting, maybe some problems they seem they can't get away from. They just keep experiencing them. Like it's it, about muzzle rise. So muzzle rise is a big one. Shooting that's a high. that's a body position thing. It can be counteracted a little bit. Like, you know, I mean, you watched me shoot a. It wasn't a Mesa, but it was what is it a game warden two or something on one of the rifles? Yeah, one which of is them was all, a Mesa altitude also. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, so that is. I'm not harping on that stock. It's just a really, really poorly designed stock from mm. a shooting perspective. Mm. Um, I I watched every hit through the scope at 100 yards. I don't mean this in any way arrogant. That's because I shoot them nonstop and I know how, like I literally have to put torque in my back hand and my grip hand with that stock to keep the stock, the muzzle flat. So now I'm, I'm adding, inducing torque to hold the rifle to counteract what the stock is trying to do to me. Mm. Right. So it should stay relatively flat. Right. So first off, get out of the 30 power scopes. If you're shooting at hundred yards and you put it on six or eight X and you're not, in the field of view, if the target comes out of your field of view maximum during recoil, you got a problem. So body position or stock design is a problem. Or simply you're shooting too much rifle. I mean, that's a huge part of it too, right? And that that plays into this. The more recoil, the lighter the rifle is, which aka the more recoil, the more this matters. Mm. A two twenty three, you can get a, you can get away with a lot of stuff. A suppressed two twenty three, you can get away with a lot. A suppressed, you know, 
338 Terminator or 33XC, yeah, man, you're, you, it better be squared up. Everything better be perfect if you're going to see your impact with that mm -hmm. thing. So muzzle rise is a big one. If you're dry firing it, when you're just dry firing, I'm not talking about in like rabbit-eared sandbags, and you get weird reticle movement, so like it always pops to the left or pops to the right. Again, left and right can be much, almost always is body position. You're not neutral behind the gun, straight and neutral. It's also grip. So like we were talking about with the, what's that called? If it, yeah, if it pushes into the side of the grip, into the nose, it's going to cause you a rotation left to right. Right, so that needs to be neutral or, or relieved, if you will. Um, it's it's one of those things where it's just hard to talk about, mm. but I can lay somebody down, and in twenty rounds, they'll know they will point to the gun they want to shoot. Mm -hmm. Right, and so it's we're looking for a a true negative comb, a butt pad in line with the bore, the forend and toe line parallel with the bore, a vertical grip, a slight palm swell. Most people seem to shoot a slight palm swell better, not a huge one. Palm swell is where the the grip that goes in the palm of your hand is swelled out to fill in the gap. You don't want a real big one, like the Manners, McMillans are all huge, mm. right? And now you're like barely holding on to the gun. Um, slight palm swell, and then the rest of it's kind of comfort. Oh yeah, so, oh thank you Chris. So the thumb. So the other thing is you got your thumb position on the rifle, and I took a few pictures. So you have the conventional, which is I'm right-handed, and I take my, my right thumb, and I wrap it onto the left side of the stock over the, the nose of the stock, you know what I mean, behind the tank. Mm -hmm. That introduces torque when I clamp down on my grip, right? So that torques the gun. Well, PRS, the, the PRS position is pull the right-hand thumb completely off of the gun on the right-hand side. Okay, so now you get less torque from smashing your grip together, snatching or whatever. Problem is, if you just take a heavy gun and you try to hold it with your thumb completely off of the gun, it just and you hold point the muzzle to the sky, it just wants to slide out of your hand. Recoil control is a thing. And again, it came from a discipline where recoil control is not a thing. You do everything to make the gun not move, aka you shoot 20, 30, 40 pounds, six dashers, six BRAs with massive muzzle brakes, they free recoil. Okay, it doesn't matter. Take that same thing, shoot a eight pound 338 wind mag, you smash your face if you don't have your thumb on the back of the stock. So what we do is a neutral thumb. And if you look at, again, you go to these, by, and I, I'm not using this as an appeal to authority, it's just when you see people that are shooting bolt guns at a high level quickly and for precision, including when they recoil, they shoot a neutral thumb. That is a thumb that basically is in line with the tang straight through the back of the bolt. So when you look at like the Scandinavian target stocks, they're all shooting like that. Um, so the, what we did with this one is you can do whatever you want with a thumb, but it's, it's relieved to fit a neutral thumb correctly. Well, because it fits your hand naturally like a glove and your, and your thumb is naturally already in that position. Correct. So and the, and the Theonor Eminence, <laughs> the the meaty part of the base of the thumb, it's directly behind the tang, so you have recoil control there quite a bit actually. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. What do you think about stock prices today, Ryan? Astronomical. How much should somebody be paying for a good stock? Depends on who you ask. To me, I think a stock man they're getting over a thousand dollars just for a not a chassis, a freaking stock. A stock. Yeah. 
I don't know, between five and eight hundred bucks. Five to eight hundred. Yeah, they have been getting pretty high, especially now that we realize what the cost of a stock is. Now that we're working on this project, we realize that uh, there must be a lot of money, a lot of margin in those stocks. Yep. And then this, they can put carbon on it and charge it, you know, another 30%. Yeah. And then the wait times are fucking ridiculous. So I think we're going to plan on five ninety five for the rock stock. Is that right? With the with the with the scallop integrated forward. scalloped rail on the front with a uh, a number of various paint options, and then we're tossing up four ninety five for a non scalloped four end with a base single color paint. And it does not have a rail on it. That would not have a rail yeah, for the four ninety five. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, from from my perspective, the there's a lot of people that just want a simple stock design correctly. Mm-hmm. Simple hey, stock for simple people. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, you pay I a mean, lot for a name. You pay a lot for a name. Yeah. You pay a lot for maybe features that you're probably not going to use. A lot. It, that's the other thing, right? So it's kind of like Thomas Hewlin with that THLR reticle. People want things that they think they'll maybe use or they think they might be good, not for they how they think they'll shoot, not for how they actually shoot. Mm-hmm. I want to stock for how I actually shoot, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of the deal. It's it's. I think it's a great idea to have one that is baseline. When I say baseline, the functionality is one hundred percent the same. But you're gonna get like like you said, if you guys are gonna do a single color, and no scallop in the fore end with the rail. If you don't want a rail integrated rail into the gun, great. It's a five hundred dollars stock or whatever you guys are gonna do. Mm. If and this. I don't know what the the margins for like the big name carbon fiber stocks are. It could be old technology and they're doing it by hand and taking months. To, I, I'm not in the world. I don't care. But it's ridiculous. A thousand dollar plastic stock, which is what these things are. That we're now into the price range of like starting to get into good wooden stocks that are hand built, hand filed. You come in and get measured, like. They're not custom. Just because it's from Manners McMillan, that's not a custom stock. Just if I go out and spray paint my her forerunner with with racing stripes, it's not a custom paint job. I just spray painted the damn thing. These are aftermarket stocks, but they're not custom unless it's built specifically for you for your length of pull, trigger reach, face shape, all that, right? So when you get fiberglass plastic stocks, and now we have fiberglass stocks, was it PSE composites, I think, that are three thousand dollars. Dude, I can get master stock makers to make me a wooden stock that's actually fit for me for that. It just gets insanity. Now, and that's where I go back to like with the Tika, there was no real stock other than a KRG Bravo that was like, yeah, it improved. It offers enough advantage for the price. KRG Bravo's 400 bucks or whatever it was. Okay, yeah, that's pretty decent. 500 bucks? I'll guess, throw a stock on. You guys on. can tell that Form is passionate about the price, which is why we tried to put the rock <laughs> stock exactly where he wanted it to be. And I think we I think we made it happen, so that's good. Uh, let's see, next question here. Uh, how about features of the future? In other words, what might we work on in the future? And then we talked about bedding and pillars and stock fill and that kind of thing. So, And then we can get into the rock stock. So, in other words, do you think there are going to be any features that, uh, you know, somebody might come out with on a stock that might be a game changer? Or is it kind of, it just is what it is at this point and we've pretty much optimized it with the rock stock or? So, I don't, uh, screw the marketing terms, the game changing, it's a rifle stock, man. This yeah. is a, this is a, of improving it by half a degree and a degree, not like, oh, mm-hmm. we changed the world with a stock. It's a stock. So, let's say back from the A3 when that came out versus yeah. today. So, pretty much. 
So you, oh, that's a great moved. example. So take an A3, right? Mm -hmm. So that came out in the 80s or whatever it was. From the A3 to what we have now, if you were to legitimately look at it, it's probably 10, 15%. Mm -hmm. It's not 100% or 80%. Most of it was ultra light, was lighting, lightening, lightening up. it up and getting 100. something, the cheek piece and the bore line to match scope mounting, not iron sights. That was the biggest piece there in the vertical grip. Mm. Why they didn't do the last like 10, 15, 20% that really kind of starts changing how the gun feels and recoils, I don't know. I don't, they don't shoot, I guess. I don't yeah. know. But so no, no game-changing stock designs coming in the future. No, I have something that I want to work on, a way to get something in the fore end of the stock where it can work on a tripod very quickly, but it has nothing protruding from the stock whatsoever. But we'll see how that plays out. We heard oh. about that. Yep. I don't know about that. We heard about it. Everybody's going to want it. I think All right. I think on that, though, I think it's also what we're going to do is we're going to make these designs that are shootable that's also affordable for a hunter in a Tika first. Because <laughs> Tikas are always the fucking bastard. Well, there's other Not anymore. Children, Not anymore. Well, they still are. Like, you bring up Tikas and people are like, uh, uh, you know, if they're not knowledgeable, they're like, oh, oh, a Tika. Uh -huh. You're like, bitch, your trigger don't even work. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that's a different tangent. But you're getting everything shootable and the things that we want affordable and and in Tika first. We're going to have a Remington, obviously, too, but a Tika first. Okay. So the action. So you asked about pillars and stuff, betting. This yeah. goes in, you would, hey, man, the best way to do this is to have a metal chassis and glue the action in mm. or make the action the chassis, right? That would be the best way to do it. Well, we don't do that. You add a aluminum mini chassis in it or titanium or magnesium, you up the weight, up the cost. So you bet them. Betting can crack and you got to hand do it and all that, right? This goes into what, I mean, I don't know it because I'm not building them. What I'm seeing from the stockies, from the howas that I've shot and the Tika one that I'm that I'm beating the crap out of, Whatever their little proprietary carbon fiber mixture for the action, it fits really tight. I don't think you could you couldn't bed the one I have. Mm -hmm. Nothing you would just squeeze You're it all about out. Stockies proprietary Terry, carbon fill. Whatever they're putting in the the, the action area yeah. is hard as a rock. They you know, they, I mean you can read what they say. They claim it's like eight times more crush resistant than aluminum or something. Yeah. And they, they're cutting them really well. They're fitting. They even tight. say you can thread into it. Basically, yeah. when we talk about adding yeah. a rail, you can thread into this material. Yeah. And of course, I've already got about 80 PMs on this. We will thoroughly drop test it. <laughs> well, the they're going to send us. They're going to send us basically the first one, and we're going to yeah. we're going to take it to town. We're going to say, "Form, fuck it up." Yeah. And we'll see what he's got <laughs> on video with it with a video. Yeah. Nice. So Okay, so we talked about a lot of stock features. Let's just break down the few features that we were after on this stock, the rock stock specifically, and, and why it rocks. So true negative comb, butt pad in line with the board. When you, when you say true negative comb, we're going to have to figure out how to word that. In it's other like words, it's, it's negative, negative negative comb above center line. Yeah, there you go. Negative yep. comb above, above center, center line. line. Yep. Uh, vertical grip, short trigger reach. So we're going for a 1.6 to 1.7 inch trigger where, reach. Where are we measuring for the 1.7? Is it? So from the center of the trigger, right there. <laughs> so from this, from from when you grab the, the grip, center of the trigger shoe, the center, the closest part of the trigger shoe, yeah, straight back. to to the uh, middle finger where it contacts the stock. So the the top right. of the grip, basically. Okay, 
Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. so a picture would be worth top, a thousand yeah, words. The, yeah, yeah, the top of the yeah. grip, right where your middle finger would sit. Which touch, up. yep, to the trigger. Okay. What would you say the average, like I know McMillan and Manners are different. What's the average, two inches? About two to two and a quarter. Okay. Which so is everybody benefits from a shorter trigger position. Yeah, I mean he's got in the fans. shooting. Right. Look at the dick beaters on that guy. <laughs> we got Chris at PN, with PNW Gator. He's in here. So he uh, walked in. Yeah. So I mean, you can throw that over there so you can talk too. We want to. We hey, hear hey, your I want to hear voice. it. He p- throw it over to him, the microphone. You picked up the rock stock. Let's hear your first un unedited thoughts. Absolutely. When you pick it up, uh, the first thing you notice is how easy it is to shoulder and how ergonomically correct the grip is. And the the palm swell is ideal. The neutral thumb alignment is ideal. Uh, when you shoulder the rifle, everything just feels completely natural. I also like the feel of the forend. It feels like it's going to carry well in hand. It doesn't have that that wide uh, wider forend like on the Altera. Uh, it's yeah, at a blush, the thing is freaking awesome. Chris yeah. had no, he wasn't here at all day. He walked in, grabbed the stock, and that's his thoughts. Nice. It's going to be a winner. The forehand is actually going to be a hair and is going to taper down about yep. 0.2 inches from front of the forehand or rear of the forehand to the front to even make it feel a little bit better than that. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. yeah, so the true negative cone above center line of bore, that vertical grip, slight palm swell, a trigger reach, Seems to be no more than 1.7 inches. Uh, parallel toe, so the underside of the buttstock, parallel forend with the bore, or very nearly so. Um, flat on the bottom, but radius, so it's comfortable to carry and not too wide. I mean, that's that's taking the classic sporter stock. If you take the master stock makers from the last century, and you said, hey, now design a stock with wood, fit it for how we shoot modern rifles, scopes and everything. Um, this is what they would do, mm-hmm. right? They're still building those wood stocks due to iron sights and tradition. But if you said make it shootable, this is what they would do. We, should, we ought to make, we ought to make, make a real wood one. Oh, I'm going to. That's already. They do really? it. Stockies yeah, yeah. makes oh, yeah. wood ones. No shit. The only yeah. 100%. I meant just take the, like the stock and then send it to one of these master makers. We should. Just, just replicate this for me. Yeah. And, and whatever. Well, if Stockies doesn't do it, I'm doing it. Yeah. I mean, well, we got two that, of them. That would be pretty with, cool. With um, pre-64 Model 70s. Do you play baseball oh. with them, too? <laughs> Beat you like a redheaded stepchild. It's not very nice. <laughs> oh, Bikini over here. Well, you were here all day. You haven't heard your 10 cents on the stock either. What do you think? I did say. No, I, I want to hear. <laughs> I, I don't remember hearing it. What What do you think? Um, It fits good. And then, like, the, what are we calling this? Negative the something. Comb? Yeah, negative cone above center line. Yes, that sounds good. I'm pretty excited about that um, because I have shot some of those that we talked about that are made for women. Um, And, yeah, I just am excited to be able to spot my own shots. Um, It fits really nicely in our hand, me and Ryan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It goes back to that. Yeah. Me and her, it fits. Chris yeah. got big old hands, fits. Gargantuan hands. Uh, Jake got big hands. I would say you got above average. I mean, average. No, it's a little bit bigger than average. A little yeah. bigger than average. Yeah. It's hitting every every demographic. I think once we get this first one, really, when we go to shoot it, we're going to be making sure that it does have that true straight tracking coming back. Yeah. No muzzle flip. Well, That's going to be really important. The thing that really excites me is the first time I ever shot a Gunworks Climber, I was instantly like, no, oh, this is different. 
Mm-hmm. Different than anything I've ever stopped. shot. You know, spotted my own hit. Very, I have a bad problem. Like he said, I push my face in the gun. I shoot high and left. And uh, as soon as I shot that climber, I was like, ooh, this is different. Well, this yeah. is going to be different on a different scale because it's even more radical on the above yeah. bore and negative code. It's also kind of small detail, but I like the thumb area, the neutral, mm-hmm. where we can have it neutral. It's relieved out of the top. Yeah, because yeah, I am very good about wrapping my hand all the way around and then when i look my gun is tilted mm. like if i'm shooting off a pack or something um so i'm kind of excited about that nice okay so i think for all the listeners the timeline from here this thing is going to be next day aired to stockies on monday so it'll be jessica's hands on tuesday we're gonna have a little meeting with her go over the small changes from the sample that we send her and we've been told 30 days to first production model i don't know how you know Hopefully they're still on the same timeline, which means that we should be have more information on this stock. Maybe the first one in hand by the middle of first week to middle of December. And the most important question, because I'm tired of fucking answering this, is as soon as we have a good CAD mold and we have a good printed one in our hands, we yeah. will start pre-ordering. Yeah, the pre-orders are start when we have a, at least a, a real yeah. picture of, of the form factor. Along with available, they they have to be able to order the one they want. So we're gonna have a, have to have a list of available inlets for barrel DBM, which I think we're gonna do. Besides the Tika, we're gonna all, do all M5 inlets to start. Yeah, it's just gonna be 700 in Tika to start. So you guys with the Browning and the Ruger and the whatever else the weirdo's been asking for, that's gonna come later. Um, but yeah, M5 inlets on the 700 Tika with a standard Tika bottom metal. We'll do something like a, the standard Tika sporter barrel inlet, and then a a 3B slash benchmark number yep. five inlet, and then a carbon inlet uh, probably on on all three. So you have three different barrel inlets, and then we'll figure out the colors. They'll be, so, yep, they'll be sold on unknown munitions, and people keep asking why we don't want to do a pre-order because no matter what we tell you, if we take your money, you're going to bitch at us every week that you don't have it yet. So that's why yeah. we haven't started to fucking pre-order. But we'll have, we'll have when we put the product up on the website, it'll have all the details in there when we expect to get them once we have, because we're not going to do it until we have one in hand. So Jessica at Stocky should be able to give us a fairly accurate timeline about when they'll be delivered. How many molds we pay for will determine how many stocks can be made per day per week. So everything's going to get filled in order of order received. Uh, there will be something special on the first hundred stocks. It will more than likely be the paint scheme that stands out from the rest of the stocks afterwards. So if you want to get in on that first hundred, at least after form gets his 15 that he's asking for. Yeah. Form wants, form wants, I think the first 15 stocks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just give me like 10, 15, the first 10 time. 15. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys can have 85. And then, the, <laughs> and then I think there were a, a quite a few other, we may end up reserving the first 25 or so. There was some, uh, that comes from some inside requests. From inside the office, the Oval Office. So there, there is no secret list though, because people keep asking me. There is there. You know, oh, there's, there's no, no. If you're not already on the secret list, yeah. then you're not going to get so, on the secret list. So the first when we go for the pre-sale, it'll be on the Rock Stock thread on Rockside. Will be the first place we tell. So watch. Actually, that. the only place for a given amount of time. Yep. We'll let them. Yep. So we'll let you guys have first dibs. It will come from that thread. So we're not cheating anybody. We're not. 
Because that's the thing. Everybody thinks we have this secret list going. Yeah. No, no. You just yeah. have people. But that if help. you do want to yeah. get on, <laughs> you're help, yeah. you have the people that helped along the way that are going to get stocks before everybody else. That's just how it works. Yeah. But we don't have no secret big plan of society. Like we're not the elites. Like fucking in Washington. Well, there is. It's there is. There is a, a list. Pre-order. Hey, there is a pre-order list. What? You can't say there's not a list. There is a list. Oh no, I'm just saying we don't. There have- is an email distribution list, so you can you can email right now. Marketing at shoottohunt.com. Yeah. Or sales at unknownmunitions.com and say, put my email on the list. Oh, I have a list, so, in it, but, but but here's the facts. It's a, a fucking thousand names and we, we cannot produce. Basically, it's going to be a shit show because <laughs> the pre-orders. We, hey, we, we will buy more molds. If, the pre-orders if we going out and the stocks, first motherfuckers that pay, they're on the list. There you go. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. Because we can send it out and those motherfuckers will sit on their thumbs and go, Maybe I should order that. And then fucking two weeks later, they're already fucking a thousand people behind. Well, I will say this. If we, no matter how many molds we decide we're going to pay for, when we hit 500 stocks, that's going to shut down that first pre-order. Yep. And then we will notify you at some point of the next pre-order for the next 500 stock. We can't sell fucking 5,000 stocks. Well, we could, but, but not, you know right up, I mean? not right off the bat, right? We're, we're going to have to limit the pre-order. are going to do our best, but the first hundred... So- are going to be special edition. And those aren't included in the stocks that are already going to people that helped. Yeah, that's correct. So yeah, hundred people can buy them, but yep. so with the, the price and all that, right? So we talked about the issue with the stock industry mm-hmm. is it's insanity that I have to pay a grand for a stock. Mm-hmm. It's insanity that I have, that it's not designed correctly and it's heavy. And it's incredibly insane that it takes me a year to two years to get a stock. That's great. If you can get a stock, if it starts, if a stock starts costing as a general thing more than most plain Jane hunting rifles, just factory rifles, we got a problem, right? But if you get it under that cost, I can get my stock in two weeks eventually, right? I don't know what you guys are going to do. Like, but two years from now, if I can order a stock and get it within a week or two and it's designed correctly, uh, yeah, man, I don't, oh, yeah, I don't know what are you going to do with that. As far as how many we sell, I mean, if we if we, if we pre order five hundred stocks, we're going to buy more molds. So one mold can produce two stocks per day, ten stocks per week, assuming everything goes perfectly. So ten stocks per week, five hundred twenty stocks per year. If we pre sell five hundred, we're going to probably buy five molds. I was going to say the more you pre order, the more fucking molds we're going to have to buy. <laughs> the, the faster you're going to get your stock. Because I don't want to wait either. Like I feel no. for you. I know how to wait to wait for stocks. Mm. And so the gun part. You asked about new additions. What about taking the same design, slimming it down as much as possible for the Howa Minis with a new magazine and mag box? But we'll just add that onto the list. <laughs> Every time Form shows up, that's the 10th idea he dropped, so we have to keep a fucking list going. We'll do the best we can. I have about a 1,000 pre-order people that I'm going to send out and newsletter from Rockslide to you that it's ready to go. And we have so, a long list for shoot to hunt of guys have been shoot to hunt too. and and uh, being on that thread on Rockslide would be important too. Like I said, we're not trying to screw anybody. We're gonna do the best we can. The more you pre-orders we get, the more molds we'll buy. And Jessica will probably just quit and shut down the place and say no way. No, she won't. She's like bring it on. So she said she can spool up and scale up fast. So she's ready. Good. Anything else? If you guys have any further input, if you have some color choices or pattern selections, or you have a good idea for the first hundred stocks, anything like that, get us at marketing at shoot to hunt.com. Do you have any parting thoughts, Bikini? No. <laughs> Chris, parting thoughts? 
Uh, the one thing I will say is that finally this is all coming to fruition because we've been talking about this for years and it's really nice to see the partnership that's been established with you three and bringing this all to market and to take the the ideas and the conceptualization of what works and bring it together in a well-engineered platform, well-constructed, and just having a product that fulfills that niche is going to be a game changer in the industry. I mean, it's uh, it's long overdue, and it, it's exciting for me from the outside looking in and watching you guys work and bring this together. It's amazing. So thank you as a shooter and a hunter. Uh, it's exactly what's needed in the industry. Thank you, Chris. That's why nice. he's getting one of the first ones. Nice. <laughs> and That's I did. what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> what did you just say? That reminded me of one thing, too. So we, we are already doing the uh, – we're doing the rock stock on the UM Tika builds. So if you do happen to put in a UM Tika build in a rock stock, that will also have priority. There you go. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening.